Welcome to Where Will You Go? The FBC Telehoma Missions podcast where we ask our members and our listeners a simple question, where will you go as we seek to advance the gospel message of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth? Today in the pod, I have me, myself, and I wanted to talk to you about what God is doing in our lives and with our futures. So I hope you'll stick around to get some detail on the transition that God is leading us to. Well, it may seem a little anticlimactic today in the pod because it's just me. It's myself. It's I. There's no one special, no one intriguing, no one interesting to interview. So you just have to put up with me. But I felt like it was important to take some time to share with you some more detail about how we came to the decision to make a transition from full-time ministry at First Baptist Church Tullahoma into a full-time missions organization and the role there. There's only so much that I can say on a Sunday. I don't want to take the pulpit to to share my story. We have bigger and better and more important and more sure things to get into on Sundays, and that's obviously God's Word. I hope I've set a pattern there to be in the Scriptures and have our sermons rooted in the Scriptures and our teachings rooted in the Scriptures. So there's just not time to dig into a passage of Scripture fully and then also give detail about how we came to the decision that we announced uh, last Sunday. So I wanted to talk today about our journey to missions. I mean, I've been a pastor for 20-plus years. This is my life. This is my career, if you can call it that, or my calling. My my life has been behind a pulpit. My life has been preaching the gospel message. My life has been uh, in leadership in the local church. And we're not just moving to another church, another pulpit, another pastorate. This is really a major shift In our lives, we're moving from full-time pastoral ministry into a missions role, and it didn't just happen overnight. And some of you may be interested in hearing the progression of how this came about. It honestly began all the way back in 2001. Mandy and I had just been married for a little over a year, and the church that she grew up in, Tucker's Crossing Baptist Church, her pastor and the pastor's wife had been there for her virtually her whole life. We'd been married a little over a year, and out of the blue, they called and asked us if we wanted to go on a mission trip to Romania with them and that they would pay the entire way. So all we had to do was pack our stuff, get a passport, and go. Well, I'd never even been approached about missions. It was never on the radar Sure, had never been given an opportunity. It just was something that wasn't in uh, in my box. Uh, it was outside of my my compartments and the life I'd lived. I just it just wasn't a possibility. So this kind of put that on the radar for us. Like, hey, you can actually get on a plane and go overseas and do something with people who aren't like you, who speak a different language than you, and you can engage them uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. So we were young. Freshly married, not a lot of obligations, so why not? We packed our bags, 
and we went to Romania. We were packing our bags on September 11th, 2001, and we watched as we were filling our suitcase the terrorist attack on the Twin Towers in New York City. Our trip was postponed to October 11th, 2001, and first time I'd ever been on an airplane, first time I'd ever been out of the country, uh, first time Mandy had ever been out of the country, we fly to Romania, and we uh, get involved in a mission trip there, much to the to the praise and uh, of her local church that she grew up in, that pastor and his wife, Eddie and Marianne Bryant, uh, to think of us, to involve us, and to make that a possibility for us who did not even have something like that on the radar. So from that trip to Romania, uh, it at least made possible missions. And from that trip in Romania, I began to see other opportunities to go. And from there, it was Mexico. From Mexico, it was to Botswana, Africa with a missionary friend that I had met. Uh, From there, it was down into the Dominican Republic with a friend. And then to Malaysia, India, China, Haiti, Peru, beyond, uh, all over the world, basically, God opened up opportunities for me to be involved in missions, for Mandy to come along and to be involved in missions in some of those areas. And then in 2015, we are in the middle of a church plant. Uh, The church has been planted for two years, a little more, pretty well established, and we're wrestling with, are, are we called to missions? Our oldest children are beginning to get close to those teenage years. We knew the International Mission Board did not smile on sending teenagers overseas. So we thought if we're going to go overseas as missionaries, now's the time. So let's do it now or let's do it never. So we began the process with the International Mission Board back in January of 2015. Now, we walked our way through that process. And one of the questions that kept surfacing was, where do you feel called to? Now, we didn't have an answer, and but we did have an answer for where we didn't want to go. And it wasn't because we hated people or were afraid of people or uh, were prejudiced against certain people. It was just because we didn't have a burden for those people. And when they would ask the question, where do you feel called to go, we would always say, we don't care, we don't know, we just know that it is not the Middle East and it's not Muslims. And they were perfectly fine with that, and we were too. Until a few months in, it became clear that this was not the proper time for us, for the church, or for the International Mission Board to pick us up and to send us anywhere. So at that point, we decided we would stay at the church plant. We would move into the town where the church was, so that we could be closer to ministry, so that we could be closer to the, to the city our church was planted in and be more of a part of that, of that community. And it was at that moment that we encountered a program at the local college there, and it was like a friend program where you could uh, sign up to be paired with an international and you could get to know them and spend some time. Well, we thought, well, let's sign up for that. That'll give us an opportunity to engage internationals here on this side of the globe locally. So we signed up. And we were assigned a Saudi Arabian couple. So here we go to meet our Saudi Arabian couple at the college. They've provided pizza. It's a meetup where you can meet your new friends and they can meet their American friends. 
And Mandy and I, along with our little kids, are going into this place absolutely clueless as what to expect, clueless as what to do, anxious over all the mistakes that we would likely make. Um, is this lady going to be covered and you're not even going to be able to see her face? Is she, is she, can I touch her? Can she shake my hand? Should I shake her hand? What are they going to be able to speak English? Well, what are we getting into? We walk in, we meet this couple and almost immediately there is a connection. There's a friendship. There's a love. There's a mutual uh, feeling of compassion. And we begin to befriend them. And from that relationship, I began to meet more and more and more Saudis in town. I began to meet Yemenis in town and began to engage them, began to have many, many gospel conversations with them. And our hearts literally went from saying, we'll go anywhere, just not Muslims and just not the Middle East, to, wow, our hearts burn for these people. We love these people. We love sharing the gospel with these people. We love engaging these people with the gospel. So our hearts changed. And then to, in 2017, we come to FBC Tullahoma. Obviously, a burden for missions, mobilizing, uh, mobilizing people here to go to make partnerships overseas to raise up people. And that's been a blessing. That's been an encouragement but in 2020, it just came to the point, through a couple of medical scares, it kind of caused us to reflect, what's the one thing we regret? The one thing we regret, if we were to die tomorrow, is that we didn't just put the blank check on the table and say, we're ready to go, Lord. Here am I, send me, Lord. So in 2020, summer 2020, we began the process back with the International Mission Board, picked it back up, began meeting, began talking. This time we went... Uh, quite a ways through the process, spent several thousand dollars going through medical clearances. We had interviews. We did Bible studies. We filled out paperwork. It was a long journey until about February. It became clear that due to uh, the number of children we had, the back, their medical background, some things that they wanted done, some boxes they wanted checked, we were not going to be able to get medical clearance in time to go in the window that they wanted us to go. So around February 2021, it became evident that the International Mission Board is probably not going to send us. And there were some things in my life and in my mind that became clear as well that maybe due to my education, being all religious in nature, due to my experience being pastoral ministry in nature, due to my age and the thought of learning a language to live in another country to start completely over due to the age of our children and their interests and their needs, that it might not be the wisest thing for us to jump into a completely different culture and a completely different country, no one being able to communicate, no relationships no outlets to do anything that the children enjoy. It just didn't seem wise to make this move. It didn't seem like our family would flourish. So coupled with those internal feelings of reservation and the International Mission Board's red light uh, that said, it doesn't look like you're going to make the cut medically in time, it kind of brought everything to a grinding halt.
Well, you know what that music means. It means that our podcast has come to a grinding halt for just a moment to take a break and to talk about the book of the month. And you know, if you've already listened this month of August, that the book of the month is the autobiography of John Payton, a missionary to the New Hebrides who went in among the cannibals, started a gospel preaching church, saw a movement of God among those people. Listen, if you like a good biography, if you like a good adventure, pick up that autobiography of John Payton. Get on Amazon, look it up, buy it, read it, be challenged, be encouraged. The autobiography, John Payton, our book of the month. Well, our mission's journey ground to a halt there about February 2022. I came back to my office, sat down, downcast, wondering, what on earth does God want from me? He's put this burning passion in my heart. Yes, I can preach about it. Yes, I can continue to mobilize people. But it had almost come to the point where I would feel hypocritical to keep trying to push other people out of the nest to go when I'm sitting here in the lap of luxury as pastor of First Baptist Church, Tullahoma. And with that, that let me just make a side note just to say again, I, I've already said this once, but I'll say it again. This church is amazing. The people in this church are amazing. There will be dozens of pastors lined up longing to be the pastor of this church because it is an easy church to pastor. The people were hungry for the Word of God. The people are hungry to be led. The people are quick to follow. I've been here and made some pretty radical shifts as far as the way we think and the way we think about ministry and the way we think about missions with very, very little pushback. I'm just going to say that this church has nothing to do with us making this transition. We're not trying to get away from you guys. We want to stay connected with you guys. We hope that you will not forget us. We hope that you won't write us off and just move on without us. Yes, we want you to have a great gospel-centered, Christ-exalting, missional pastor to come in and lead you well. You've had a preacher with a missionary heart. I pray that you get a pastor with a pastor's heart that will lead this church forward. But we don't want you to forget us and just act like you know we're a thing of the past. We want to stay connected. We want to be a part of your lives. We want to be a part of this church. We want to be a part of the mission, uh, sending, mission, flourishment of this church, if that's even a word. So please, please, please don't think. And this is a way to get away from this church. It's not a way to get away from this church. Uh, this church is great. And I will tell whoever you call as the next pastor here when that time comes that this church is great. And so, so I want you to know that. But at the same time, I was downcast because in my heart there was this burden to be involved in the mission to get the gospel to the least reached peoples on the planet. And the International Mission Board didn't seem like it was going to work out, and I didn't know what to do or where to turn, when one morning a missionary friend of mine sent me a text message and said, you need to apply for this job. I looked the job up, began to talk with the organization. I began to talk with him. And as I looked at my education, as I looked at my experience, as I looked at my passions and my burdens, this job really did seem to be probably the best fit for me when it comes to missions. The job is called the Training Facilitator. And it's for the Middle East and North Africa. 
And my job will be to set up training centers throughout the Middle East and North Africa, hopefully 27 to 30 training centers throughout the Middle East and North Africa, and bring in U.S. pastors to help provide seminary-like training to these indigenous local pastors who don't have the opportunity to get Bible college and seminary in the Middle East and North Africa, and not just to give them seminary-like training, but to give them solid, biblically grounded, doctrinally sound training. Now, what's the best way to reach an unreached people group? The best way to reach an unreached people group is to have a local, healthy church in their country, in their area, to go engage them. People who already know the language, people who already know the culture, people who already live there, people who already have connections there to go into and among that unreached people group that is mingled among them and get the gospel to them. So the best way to get the gospel to the unreached is through a local healthy church in that country or in that region. How do we get a local healthy church? We get a pastor who's preaching the the Bible with sound doctrine and who is preaching the truth about Christ and the truth about God, the truth about the Holy Spirit, the truth about the church, the truth about missions, who's rightly dividing the word of truth. How do we get a pastor who's biblically grounded and doctrinally sound? Well, you teach them. You give them opportunities to be trained with biblical teaching and sound doctrine. You give them opportunities to be influenced and encouraged, not just through week-long intensives, over the year, but you give them opportunities to be grounded and to be encouraged through WhatsApp during the weeks that, that stretch between those trainings, emails, phone calls, discussions, encouragement to push these pastors deeper into the scripture, rightly divide the word of truth. You influence those churches through biblically sound pastors, and those churches then reach the unreached and unengaged. It just makes sense with my education. It makes sense with my experience. It makes sense with my passions and burdens to be a training facilitator for the Middle East and for North Africa and to see pastors and indigenous leaders and local leaders trained up biblically to hopefully see churches become healthy and hopefully see those churches engage the unreached among their countrymen and their region and in their region. Another plus here is that Mandy will have opportunities to go into and to lead and be a part of leading women's conferences. One of the great needs throughout Middle East and North Africa is women's leadership, women's training, women's teaching. They're not going to be pastors of churches, but they are a very neglected segment of society and to have something special for them. And here's a pastor's wife, and here's some ladies who have walked with Christ to come in and encourage them and to teach them biblical truth and to set aside time to invest in them speaks volumes and volumes and volumes. We also have some ideas for local missions and local ministries among internationals here and among churches here that would partner with us. We're yet to be seen what God may do through this. We're just having to trust him. We're getting out of the boat, and we're, we're trying to walk on the water to Jesus, and we want to keep our eyes on him and not the troubles and the trials and the storms and the things that might interfere. So, I hope that kind of helps answer your question of how we got to this point and how we came to the place where we're going to take this leap of faith and leave the security of First Baptist Church, Tullahoma, to go out and to walk by faith 
and to trust the Lord to care for us and to trust the Lord to lead and guide and direct us and open doors for us to invest our lives in this part of the world where he has directed us and where he's burdened us through this journey of the past 20 years from 2001 to today. So what can you do? How can you pray? If you've listened this long and you've made it to this point, you may be asking, and we ask this at the end of every every podcast, you know, what can we do? How can we pray? So here is how. One, you can pray for our transition from First Baptist to reaching and teaching. You can pray that that transition will be smooth, that we will transition well out of First Baptist, leaving it better than it was, that we'll transition well into reaching and teaching and not miss a beat and hit the ground running. You can pray for uh, the transition of living, that our house would sell in God's time and that he would lead us and guide us and direct us to the place and the home that he would have for us to relocate to that will be right for the job he's called us to. So pray for that transition and all that that involves. You can pray for startup expenses. Uh, You know, as we think about travel expenses, getting started in this role, as we think about technological uh, needs and technology needs and such that will enable us to do this work securely and to do this work well. There's cost in that. There's cost in cameras. There's cost in telephones. There's cost in or cell phones. I just said telephones. I just dated myself. There's cost in cell phones. There's cost in cameras. There's cost in computers. There's cost in all of the technology that is necessary to do this job, to get our feet on the ground, to travel safely, to travel economically. So there's some startup expenses that we'll need. Startup expenses to help us to be able to invest ourselves heavily for the next two to three months after we are through at First Baptist with our time here to really be able to invest two to three months in support raising where we're not having to scramble for funding. So we're praying for funding to help us start up with all the technology and the travel, but also funding to help us uh, survive for the time that we're having to raise support. So there's transition wisdom that we need in God's intervention. There's startup expenses that we need, and then there's monthly support. Monthly support financially, monthly support in prayers. So those are things that you can pray for. And ask you to pray for trans- the transition, pray for the startup expenses and the things that are needed to get started well, and to pray for monthly supporters to come alongside of us and help us. Um, we need God to help in that arena. I'm not a support raiser. I'm not a fundraiser. That's not my spiritual gifting. So we're praying that the Lord would move the people he wants to support us, to pray with us, to monthly support us, to help with any startup expenses. We're just praying that the Lord would put it on their heart and move them to approach us, and that's how we hope this happens. God help us. So pray, pray, pray. We need a smooth transition. We need to be able to start up without hindrance, and we need to be able to get to monthly support so that we can get our feet on the ground running in January. I'll be around here till at least the end of October and maybe beyond. We're seeing how the Lord leads as we work on this transition. Pray for us as I pray for you 
and let's stay connected and see how God will bring us together and use us to accomplish his purposes from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth. Thank you for joining me today in the pod. Thank you for taking time to listen to more of our story. We would love, love, love to talk to you in person, one-on-one, or one family to one family, or one family to two families. If you have questions, I am about as transparent as a window. You you just come ask me. I will be very transparent with you. I'll answer your questions. I will I will tell you anything you need to know. Please come talk to us. Please come ask us. Please pray for us. Please keep listening to the FBC Teloma Missions podcast. Please ask God where he would have you to go and how he would have you to be a part of his mission. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.